Welcome to another future classic episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Parmentier, and as always, it's my pleasure to introduce the other host of Retrovaniacs, Jeremy Gregory. Hey, hey. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. Uh, I would like to start the show with a small apology. It's running a little bit late. I had some technical problems, and that technical problem being that I didn't have the board. So I've got the board now. We're recording a little bit late, but uh, we plan on still sticking to our every two-week schedule uh, and possibly adding a, another show in between just to kind of fill some time out uh, in between the, the main Retrovaniacs episodes. So, again, I do apologize. We shouldn't run into this problem more often. But, um, hey, no problem. That gave us more time to play the game of the week. But before we get to that game, uh, what have you been playing, Billy? Uh, I have been playing uh, just, uh, mainly just two games. My uh, work's been crazy lately. My uh, time there has greatly increased by the time i get home i'm working the evenings now so when i get home i've got about two hours pretty much before i go to bed uh, i've been playing an awful lot of rocket league though i, I picked it up just because it was free i didn't really know anything about it and i was sort of uh, put off once i started playing and realized it was just a bunch of cars uh knocking a ball around uh you know just playing soccer and whatnot uh but I had several friends who were playing it, so I kept playing, and I found it's one of those, even if you don't like it when you first begin, uh, you can really catch on to it and really enjoy it, which I do now. And also, I had played uh, the game Bastion on the PC a while back, and I, I saw it had popped up on the, the, I don't know how long it's been on the PlayStation Store, but it was on sale, and I was just browsing it. And I think I was wanting to look at screenshots, but I had rendered myself intoxicated that night and the next morning found out I had purchased it. So I, I, I feel responsible now, so I'm also replaying it. <laughs> That's the best reason ever to play a game. Accidental drunk purchase. It's not the first. <laughs> so you've played Bastion before and finished it, so you're just playing it again now. I'm playing it again now, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm about a year, year and a half removed, and it was an excellent game. It's, it's certainly, it, it's not painful replaying it again no i liked bastion i got it on one of the uh, i want to say the humble bundle sales i guess a while ago and, and it was one of those games after i played i was like why have i never played this it's it's really up straight up my alley for what the kind of games i like so i uh, can't recommend it enough but if you played it before you already know that no oh, of course well i finally beat finished completely best ending persona 4 which uh which i'm very proud of because it's the first role-playing game i finished you know the right way in a long time um you know, I talked about it a lot the last two episodes, so I don't want to talk about it again. But then I found myself uh, just blazing through another game. Uh, I finished Uncharted Golden Abyss, also on the Vita, uh, which is actually very similar to today's game uh, in many ways. I mean, it's definitely more advanced because it's a newer game. But it's that sort of... It's not quite just an action game. It's also kind of an exploration, eh, puzzle, jumpy sort of game. Um, I, I really liked it. I never played the other Uncharted. It reminds me a lot of the newest Tomb Raider, which I liked a lot too. I think if you really like that one, uh, you, you would. Have you played any of the other other Uncharted, or did you just say that I wasn't uh, actually listening? That's fine. No one should listen. It's it's <laughs> totally fine. I was kind of rambling. No, I don't have a PS3. Uh, I plan on getting a PS4, and I know they're making an Uncharted collection, so I'll probably pick that up because I really did like it. Um, I just yeah, uh, Golden Abyss is actually really good for for a Vita game. I know a lot of people don't like playing full games on the Vita. You know, kind of the games that that work best for like 
playing it on an actual console. But I thought I thought a Golden Abyss for what I played of it was was a really solid Uncharted game. Well, those people don't have two small children that take up their TV. So for me, it's the only way I can play a full length game. So uh, I appreciated it immensely, not just playing a shooter for a few minutes on my Vita. So uh, no, I, I really liked it. Uh, I think it's it's definitely. Uh, I guess I'll talk about it a little more later, but it's it's definitely a lot like the game we're going to talk about today. Um, but what have you been playing, Jeremy? Uh, Billy kind of stole my thunder with Rocket League oh. because that was totally what what me and the girlfriend have been playing most lately, and we actually really liked that game. I we hated it when we first played it. It was one of those games where you you just we jumped in with uh, with a friend and they were playing four versus four, and it was just complete chaos and we could not understand what was happening. It seemed completely impossible to control, but uh, we kind of just just played it with uh, me and her one night, kind of like co-op, and we ended up really really liking it. It's it's kind of become a, a staple uh, just about any night. So really, that's that's about all I've been playing. The other game that I'll talk about will kind of be maybe more fitting towards the end of the show. All right. Well, aside from those games, we all also been playing the game of this week, which is Blackthorn on the Super Nintendo. And this is another one that, and once again, I have no clue how, you know, walking through the video store, I passed this one up. Um, I had never played this one until, and really had never heard of it until uh, last episode. Uh, And I, you know, I looked at the the box, the box art, front and back. I don't know what I was thinking as a kid passing this one up. But uh, I'm always excited to try out, you know, older games that for some reason I've missed over the years. And I've, I've got some good to say about this one. I've, I've got some bad. I guess this game was on my list, and I'm not really sure why. Um, but it's just one of those games that, as a kid, I played, and I just kind of, it, it was all right. You know, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But as I was growing older, everyone kind of considered this game to be like the pinnacle of this this genre of gaming, like out of this world and flashback. So I always wondered if I was actually missing something with this game, and I really wanted to play it now to see if I was. So I, I guess that's one of the reasons I, I kind of wanted to pick it up now and see maybe just just what I was missing. Well, I remembered this game. Uh, I had not played it previously, but I knew about it because it was one of the first Blizzard games, Blizzard being the company responsible for Warcraft 2 and Starcraft, which I wasted my entire college time on, and then World of Warcraft, which I wasted the remainder of my life on. 
Uh, so, you know, it was definitely a, a company I had heard of and, and a game that I was interested in, but knowing that it was nothing like the other games they had, they had made that I did know, uh, I didn't hunt it down. It was also older at the time. Um, but now that I've tried it, you know, I, I don't know why I avoided it for so long, because it's the kind of game I like. It's not quite... It looks like it's a straight-up, you know, run-and-gun action game from the, the box art and pictures, but then when you actually play it, it's, it's way much more than that. It's a lot more like an out-of-this-world mixed with uh, more of like a Golden Axe kind of feel to it, I guess. The combat is more involved than, than a regular out-of-this-world style combat, I guess. So it, it's definitely the kind of game I can see I can see that I should have played more of, and now that I've tried it, I really, really like it. Uh, so I'm glad this was one that was on your list, uh, unlike some of the other games we've tried so far. I, I see there are a lot of people still still denying that General Chaos was, was not a great game. I, it just blows my mind. But yeah, Blackthorn is... Uh, it, it's, it's just one of those games that now that I've played it today or you know for this podcast i'm i I don't really have much to say you know either way for it it's just kind of it's a decent little game but uh i'm I'm sure we'll get into this but i'm you know i'm glad we actually played it for the podcast anyway but i i have to say with this one uh regardless of what i uh, will go on to say about it my first impression was was really strong because it has uh, forget that you know the story is a, a pretty cliched type story but uh the intro i thought was the sound and especially the animation well and the graphics for it uh, excellent for the super nintendo at the time so i I started off with uh very hopeful and i uh yeah i didn't try to jump in there's actually a practice mode and I, i kicked it off with it and i got a sinking feeling first time i took a step and it wasn't until I took a jump that it, it hit me. It's that goddamn animation and control from Prince of Persia. And I don't know why I let Out of This World off the hook, because I, I love Out of This World. And it's every bit as, you know, movement's every bit as slow and monotonous as this game. But I hated Prince of Persia for the animation, for the, the you can't take a single step. Every step forward covers a few blocks. And... You know, the jumping mechanics. I, but I, you know, I hunkered down. I tried to get used to it and tried to enjoy the game the best I could. I, I kind so, of like those. I like that kind of maneuvering like this game has, or like you said, Prince of Persia or, or Out of This World, any of those where it's it's definitely responsive, but it, it you have to go through an entire animation of whatever it is you're trying to do. You can't, like, it, it's not as tight of a control scheme as, as a... Uh, as a shooter would be, or or something where it's you know got a lot of jump mechanics to it. This is definitely a very, very planned steps. You know, you, you, if you're going to jump up to a platform, there's no way to to not be lined up properly and look like you're properly lined up. You will clearly be in a straight line from the platform you're trying to jump up or down to. Yeah, I mean it has its good. Uh, I mean the bad is just it's very, and I get I don't know if it's because I've been playing a lot of faster paced games. I mean with this Rocket League and with Uh, Arkham Knight before that Um, it's just the best I can describe the character moves uh, like Robocop from the Robocop films you turn you holster your gun pull your gun you turn uh, you take a step Uh, it was just really slow and especially when you're trying to draw your weapon uh, when you encounter an enemy I I usually found myself getting shot right off the bat before I could even pull my gun out all right, first off, I, I can't let this one go. How in the <laughs> world can you give 
out of this world a pass, but you think Blackthorn is slugged. Now, I love Out of This World. It's one of my favorite games ever. I actually played through it um, the entire game just for this uh, for a video review that I did this week and still loved it. But that game is almost unplayable. And the best thing I can say about Blackthorn is that it's still completely playable. They did an amazing job with, with this sort of control compared to something like Out of This World and even Flashback. Everything seems to react you know, super, super quick whenever you actually press the button, unlike those games where you've got to plan ahead a good second or two before you even press a button. So I, I'm not quite sure where you're coming from with, with you know, saying Out of This World gets a free pass, but, but this one doesn't somehow. Pretty I, sure I could have a, a very long detailed reply uh, but i'm gonna go with i don't have to answer to you because you enjoy general chaos <laughs> we we can't keep using that as an excuse though that's that's that only works for like an episode or two maybe but i would say we're gonna, a strong we're gonna get three or four episodes out of it <laughs> it's just a strong pair of of uh nostalgic glasses it has to and be. that's that's what it is i mean i can admit that uh out of this world at the time you know was uh just a really groundbreaking game, and it's one I rented over and over again. And I'm sure if I went back to uh, play it again, I don't know, maybe I would uh, judge it in a bit harsher of a light. Well, if you try to play, play that one now, try to play that one now. It is it is rough. I mean, the, you've got the remaster. I, I don't want to get too off topic for for this game, but uh, out of this world, like doing the remastered versions is fine. But you go back to that Super NES version, and it is almost unplayable. You could do what I did and buy the iOS version and just hate yourself. Oh man, I should it's do that. It's completely I, unplayable. I, really I love it, but I'm myself. just it is misery. But we're, let's not talk about that anymore. We'll go back into the game we're supposed to be talking about, Blackthorn. Um, the the movement you brought up the the, the 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 holstering your gun. So because it's a Super Nintendo controller, you only have so many things you can do. Um, so you actually, if you have your gun pulled out, which is of course a button press to pull your gun in and, and holster it, the buttons do some different things. Uh, some of them are no big deal, and there are some things you can't do with your gun out, like you can't uh, climb into things or open a door or or really do anything of value other than shoot things and hide when you have your gun out. But what I did learn is the Y button, if you hold it down, makes you run if you don't have your gun. But if you do have your gun out and you push the Y button, you aim behind you and just blast whatever's behind you, which most of the time for me was a helpful native. I don't know if that happened to to anybody else, but I found myself often trying to run somewhere and just blasting a guy in the face who just gave me an item. Well, that's what he gets. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I do have that is and I made a note and I I'm, I talked about a drunk purchase earlier don't think I have a problem but I was intoxicated many nights when I played this game and I have a note here it's typoed but I can make out sorry ass prisoners 
And I, I, what a bunch of what a bunch of sad sacks. Uh, it's uh, you know, I curse this life. If only I had a bomb. If only I had a levitator. You know what? I think if that guy had a bomb or a levitator, uh, they still wouldn't do anything with it. They're content, you know, hanging by their chains or drilling into whatever they're drilling into. I, I don't know about you guys, but I made it a point after I spoke to each one of them to put them out of what was obviously their, their misery. I actually spent a good deal of time when I first started playing this now trying to save them because for some reason I was completely thinking that it was more like Abe's Odyssey or something where you could save these poor people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't. I mean, they, they just hang there and the ones that are off wandering around, they don't really do. Some of them will give you like a health potion or a bomb or something like that. But for the most part, they don't do anything for you besides give you like a helpful, helpful little tip. Like bombs will blow open a door or something like that. But beyond that, they, they serve zero purpose. And I, I really don't understand why they're in the game at all besides just being there. Well, it's to give you motivation, and they do help you out. I mean, they, they, they give you items you need. They will upgrade your gun uh, at certain points in the game. Uh, so it's worth talking to them before you shoot them. Uh, but once they've given you the thing you need, you can feel free to shoot them as many times as you want. I think and, it would have been a little bit more satisfying if they would have just let us save them, though. I mean, that they they kind of just seem like a waste. You know, they might as well just have a bomb floating in midair or something sitting there instead of those guys. I don't feel sorry for them. I don't want to say, you know, kill these guys anymore, but it, it would have been a little bit better maybe as far as like wanting to complete these stages uh, if I could save them and know that there was like a running tally of, of prisoners that I'd saved. Or, or like in Abe's Odyssey, which you brought up before, if, if you saved so yeah, many totally. throughout the game or, or so many were alive, not that you save them since you, they don't do anything but stand there, but, you know, if you didn't kill any, you get a, you know, yeah, even yeah. if it's an extra extra scene at the end or who knows, you know, it's just always something that makes you feel good. Uh, about doing that little extra bit of of care, trying not to just run to a room and shoot everything after you've gotten your health potion. Yeah, I just didn't care about them at all since I really couldn't do anything with them. So I think that was uh, a a slight complaint uh, beyond the other complaints that I have with this game. Now this is on this is on several different platforms. I think it's on the PC also. Is that the case on all of them? Was this just limited? Hardware-wise, they had to cut some things out, or were the prisoners just kind of pointless? No, that's just how it was. The PC, the PC version was the original version, and then it was ported to the Super Nintendo and the 32X, which I played. I actually played the 32X for some reason. Well, it has an extra world, uh, which we'll get to, uh, oh, I guess, now is a good time, really. Um, so the, the main game, if you played on Super Nintendo, which was the one we chose for this uh, this show, there's actually four types of stages. I guess there's 16 or 17 stages total, uh, but they're broken up into into categories. So you start in the caves, and the first four levels are in the caves. Um, you can't go between levels, so if you finish a level, you're on a whole new set of maps, basically, uh, like a small Metroid-y map, so you can go anywhere you, you know, uh, nothing's making you just go right or left. You can go any direction you want to go, but sometimes you need an item to continue in a direction. Um, and that, that's what makes most of the puzzle there. Like, you know, we mentioned that the the natives say things like, I wish I had a levitator. So there are some, th- some levels where you, you find a certain enemy, which most of the, the beginning enemies are orcs uh, or like these big tall troll guys. Um, you know, you'll kill one of them. They'll drop most of the time bombs or other items. Uh, and then one of them will drop a levitator, which lets you uh, essentially make yourself a platform that floats that you can then use to get to another higher platform or higher place. Um, and, and that's the... <clears throat> Uh, once you've gotten through those areas, you know, you go to the next area, then you can't go back to where you already 
previously were. So the first set is is the caves, and that's where I spent most of my time. That's where it's it's mainly you'll see most of the prisoners that I ran into that were true sad sacks in the caves because uh, they just sat around moping and doing nothing of value. Not one fights back. <laughs> they just kind of sit there and say things like, yeah, I sure wish I had a bomb. Meanwhile, there's a bomb laying right next to them. And there's so many of them. They they clearly have them, and they're all pretty, you know, pretty built guys. Surely they can handle themselves. So after so you'll go through through the four cave levels, um, and and again for that for most of that it's almost like a, a tutorial. Yes, there is a tutorial you can actually play at the beginning of the game, but but these definitely you know teach you how to play the game, uh, teach you what the items do, uh, along with just bombs that'll blow up doors for you, uh, or you can use them as weapons. Uh, you'll get like these these um, scarab beetles that fly around. Uh, you control them once you use them, and then you can make them fly to a certain area to blow up terminals or, or again, use it as a weapon. Almost everything has a weapon function. You'll get through the caves, and at the end of the caves, you meet, uh, I don't remember his name, the Magic Wizard. I, I don't know what his name would be. That's uh, good enough. And, uh, and the Magic Wizard then says, oh, I'm, I'm here to help you, and he warps you to the next area, which is some sort of jungle forest area that's on the Super Nintendo very, very much just purpley and green. But that's where you finally get run into natives uh, that actually do something. They seem to fight other darker-skinned natives. And I don't know if you guys had the same problem I did, where I didn't realize the difference between them, and I couldn't figure out why some of them were shooting at me, so I just killed all of the natives. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I mean, sometimes I guess it's like the dark purple guys are the bad natives. Um, but sometimes you walk into a screen, and then you've just got two or three of them shooting at each other, and you, you don't know what the hell's going on, really. The other thing I noticed with the, the, that set of worlds in the, in the forest worlds, um, combat gets significantly harder once you're introduced the, the purple, the purple clothed, slightly darker skinned natives. Uh, the orcs you fight in the very beginning in the first world, they'll fire their gun at you, and then they, they fire one or two times. It's, it's kind of slow, and then they stand there for a second so you have a chance to shoot them when you come out of cover. Um, these guys shoot much faster, and as soon as they are done firing, they get immediately into their own cover, so you can't shoot them with your gun. I don't know if I'm the only person that had problems fighting them, but I, no, I definitely I had, did. I had a real hard, I had the same trouble. Well, with the orcs, it kind of teaches you, and, and when I thought it was teaching you the system you would kind of use throughout the rest of the game. You know, you let the other guy shoot, you hide in cover, uh, you'll have a, a brief opening, you can pop out and take a shot. Once you upgrade your gun, you can you get a couple of shots off. Uh, but it all goes out the window. Uh, I, I, not only did they shoot quicker, yeah, they came back quicker. And they really didn't have a set pattern. And from what I observed, it didn't seem they had a set number of shots. With the orcs, you know, it's going to be one, two, uh, and I think maybe one guy sets off three. Uh, it just it, it gets very random. And it, I was very thrown off by it. Like I said earlier, I thought they were kind of establishing with the orcs 
the system you would use for the remainder of the game. I uh, know those guys are super unforgiving, especially once, you know, the first, the caves or the, the prison camp or whatever is, is it, it's very forgiving. Uh, you can definitely pop out with your gun and, and, you know, even miss a few shots and not take any damage for it. Um, but once you get to the tree level, things tighten up a lot as far as like what sort of timing you need to do. And it's it's very unforgiving, and you learn really quick that you've got to have some very, very precise timing if you're going to manage to get through this. And maybe that's why I didn't get any farther than the forest levels. Uh, I made it to the second forest level. Uh, I died a lot to things that were just extremely frustrating, aside from when I would you know do really well and then somehow just get into a gunfight with a with one of the guys I just couldn't get my timing right and then died. Uh, there are plants that, that hurt you when you walk into them, and sometimes they just show up on the other side of a screen when you switch screens. Um, the, the levels are much bigger than the caves as well, uh, or at least they seemed that way. And I, I got not lost as much, but just I just felt like it was just going on forever, and I would get frustrated, then I would die. And, and the, one of the major... Uh, problems I ran into, and I guess if without this, the game would have been very, very easy, is when you die, you go back to the beginning of the chapter you're in. So if you die and you're at the very last part of a stage, the, you, you spend half an hour kind of figuring out, then you've just lost that half an hour. You have to go back to the very beginning of the stage. You don't have any of the items you had acquired. You don't have any of the progress you made. You just basically start over fresh as if you just showed up there. And, and that's... Uh, I didn't make it much further. I think we actually probably... Uh, quit right around the same point and it was the same thing and i mean i i, I gave it a good i gave it a good go uh but yeah the the resetting back because uh, you you pick up a good you know stockpile of items along the way and to lose all that and to get set back and yeah in the cave i thought the map uh it wasn't huge by any means but it wasn't too small there was enough room for exploration but you never really lost your way i found once i got to the fourth stage i uh yeah there was a lot more just kind of getting lost wandering around and i unfortunately uh that was around the time i just kind of started to get a little uh, bored with it uh in general and then you know throwing in the dying and having to you know repeat the the last 30 minutes certainly didn't help yeah and this was the stage where not only all of those reasons, but I quickly realized that this is one of the most bland-looking games I've ever seen in my life. It is just, it's very, all the colors are very dark. Nothing really stands out. It's its just this kind of weird, dark sci-fi look to it that's thats not appealing at all. To me, anyway. Maybe somebody really out there really loves some Blackthorn, but uh, to me, it, it just looks awful. And I, I can't keep my attention with it for very long with a game that looks like this yeah and i think that uh, that is certainly a problem and like i said at the the beginning uh i thought there was a lot of promise with the with the intro i thought the graphics were uh, really well done in that but once you get down uh to the game itself yeah everything's kind of dark it has that it's kind of washed over look to it uh not a lot of differentiation in the uh backgrounds and uh, yeah, I think that probably contributes to the boredom. Is there is nothing, uh, nothing exciting to look at on the screen whatsoever. I think the, the animation is, itself is good, but um, you know the Super NES by far is just a very bland looking game. And when you go to the thirty thirty two X version, it's got this kind of like 
uh, mid '90s CG look to it, where all the characters look like they're these plastic '80s action figures, like you know He-Man or something, and uh, it kind of helps, but still, it's you're just it's just not a good looking game, no matter what you play it on. I think uh, I looked at the PC version as well, and I think it it's not a bad looking PC game. I just think the conversion again. This is back in the time when when each system, even just the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, uh, a game that released on both of those looked very very differently. Now you know, like Dragon Age comes out on on the Xbox One and and the PS4, and and it looks different, but not that different. I mean, if if you were just looking at stills, unless you were really looking at detailed stills, you wouldn't know which version it is. Where this is a, a pretty you know notable difference between all three of those versions and i didn't even look at the game boy version but i guarantee you it looks totally different yeah the game boy advanced version um it, it's actually pretty com- uh you know comparable to the super nes version but the, the color is so blown out because that kind of came out back on the when the game boy advance had no backlight so any game that was on there that y- if you could see it at all the developers had to to up the brightness or color to max so that game is, if you play it on like an emulator now or even like a, a Game Boy Advance, like the the um, the one that has the backlight, um, it, it's so, so super colorful, but it still doesn't look that great. So Billy and I got to the forest levels. Uh, did you get through the forest levels into the next area, the desert? I got to right to the desert, and I died once, and I said I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah, the desert incre- you know, shows you another couple um, new enemies to fight. I think they're like stone men. But basically, that, that's one of the other problems. So the, not only are the levels kind of bland-looking to begin with, but they're also kind of long, and, and they're all the, like, the caves all look the same. There's no, like extra set of graphics in the later levels of the caves all the caves look exactly the same and all the forests that i saw looked exactly the same and the desert's even more the same the desert just looks like rocks and brown the entire time uh and again that's four or five levels of just rocks and brown with about three or four different enemies total uh and also the music the the music does there's not a lot of a lot of different sounds uh, to the game. There's not a lot of different songs. I think each area has their its own song. So there's a caves song and a forest song and the desert song. But you're going to spend a good deal of time, even on a speed run, you're going to spend a half an hour in each of those places hearing the same 45 second clip of music. So you yeah, know, I think it's it's kind of I'm sorry, but it's just none of the music sounds great. And uh, you know, even on the Super NES, uh, but especially when you go over to the 32x version. And you hear that Genesis version of of the of this music, it, it is enough to make your ears bleed because it is so shrill. And now I'm not saying the Genesis sound chip is bad; it, it can sound really, really great for people that know how to use it. But it just seemed like they were trying to filter the original music into the Genesis sound chip. And oh my god, I had I actually had to turn the sound off within the first ten minutes of the game because it sounded so bad. Yeah, and, I, and it's just a case of just uh, a game that. 
you know, I already I knocked the controls earlier, but I, for a and maybe this is part of why I enjoyed Out of This World for uh, you know a, a more interesting looking game. I could maybe forgive that and you know keep moving forward to see see what's ahead, uh, see what the next levels look like, see what happens story wise. But this one really does it. It's nothing. It gives you nothing nice to look at. There's nothing good to listen to. Uh, the gameplay gets extremely repetitive. Uh, this is kind of the definition of if you've played a few minutes, you've you've pretty much seen and done it all. Yeah, once you get through the caves, there's not a whole lot new to introduce you to. There's there's some new things to fight in the same way you've already been fighting the orcs, and there's there's new maps to look at, but they're the same sort of layouts. It's you know everything's a yeah, everything's more or less like a a little square area that leads to other square areas and. You know, you you find gates and you put you put keys in gates, or you find a lift and you put a key in the not a lift, but like a, a bridge that needs a, like an electric bridge, I guess <laughs> that you need to put a, a code card into. I mean, it, but it's all the same thing over and over again. Um, that I, I just think now we're we're not used to something being quite that repetitive. You know, I brought up that I was playing the the Uncharted game, and and it does have the same kind of problems in some ways, where the levels are just kind of the same you're running through a you know a, a dig site and you're you're shooting people and then you you run into these old ruins and you shoot people but yet it stayed far more interesting the levels were a lot more um streamlined in a lot of ways so you didn't have to do a lot of backtracking but also you know there's there's the power now to make even if you're in, in literally a square room over and over and over again to make each one of them look different and interesting i think this game even comparing it to something like out of this world and flashback it really lacks that sort of those wow moments with a game. And I hate to use words like that, but without of this world, you know, you had this amazing setting that things were constantly changing and flashback, the same thing as well. You never knew what you were going to get in the next stage. And things were always changing up a little bit to whereas this game, it is just the same thing over and over just with a different tile set uh, used for the stage. And it's, it's super, super repetitive more. So I, I think for this type of game, than just about any of the other ones that I've played in this this type of genre. Well, I think the problem with that is is also one of the reasons I I liked this game at first, where some of those games are a little um, a little hard to get into immediately. Like if you've never played a, played a game like Out of This World or or Flashback or um, Heart of Darkness, you know when you first get into it, it it's unforgiving. You know if you do the wrong thing, you'll play the first three screens twenty five times till you eventually figure out what to do. This is not that mean. You know, you can you can fumble through this, and and as long as you don't just, you know, over and over again walk into a guy's bullet or jump off a cliff or do something that's clearly incorrect, you know, because you have a health bar, you have some chances to learn what to do. Uh, out of this world, it's kind of like one hit and you die, and, and there's a lot of ways to die that don't make any sense. Like, you know, a, a good example in Out of This World is in the very beginning, you're running by those little worms, and you wouldn't think anything, they're little worms, but you run by it, and it has some kind of, like, poison fang, and it rips your pants and you die immediately. Well, great. So, you know, there's nothing in this game that's that's that mean, but instead it makes it so it, it doesn't seem as dangerous and it's just kind of boring. So instead of fighting one guy that could kill you in one hit, you're fighting 50 guys that you probably won't die to. It's kind of like an action game that doesn't want to be an action game or, or it wanted to be flashback, but it didn't want to. It wanted to be an action game as well. And it's just kind of trapped between those two things and. It, I, I don't. I, I know there's a lot of fans of Blackthorn out there that's going to be screaming, you know, in anger for this. But I, I don't think Blackthorn is is even a, as good as Out of This World. Um, it's just it, it's not 
great. It's it's so long and it's so boring at times. And I understand why people like it and everything. But when you're trying to say that this is the pinnacle of the genre, I I, I don't know what you're talking about with that. Yeah, and uh, it's just I think they went for two styles that just don't work together. Uh, this uh, this system, you know, the Prince of Persia, it worked fine with the sword play. It worked fine for Out of This World. It, it, this does not work well with uh, with a run and gun because you literally cannot run and gun in this game. Uh, uh, and the the cover, you know, the duck into cover and the shootouts, I think it's just one of the more boring forms of combat I've encountered in a game recently. I think, you know, it's just two, like I said, it's just two styles that just don't mesh well together. Well, or, or not even that they don't mesh well together. They they found two things they like and they try to put it together and it just didn't, didn't work it as didn't well work. as you'd think. Yeah. I mean, it was passable and I guarantee if I would have had this game when it was new, I probably would have been amazed because again, the first, the first couple levels, you're like, this is a really cool idea, but it just never grows from there really. It just kind of gives you more of the same um, did anyone bother to watch the last area? Uh, the the final area is you go back to the Shadow Keep to fight uh, Sarlacc, the main bad guy, and it's again more of the same till you get to Sarlacc, and then it actually has a boss battle. But imagine trying to do a real boss battle with the kind of controls we've been talking about. You know, the, it, it's not a run and gun by any means, so it's kind of like a lot of positioning and and hoping and not hitting the wrong button and not doing something by accident. Uh, meanwhile, he's he's going fast. I mean, he's. That he basically warps warp back and forth around the bottom of the screen and shoots fireballs at you, and he also has like these lion guys on the top of the screen that will shoot fireballs down on you. Nothing else in the game is like this, and yet you get to the very last guy, and it's it's an actual like an action battle. actually watching this right now um i I didn't get to earlier but yeah looking at this boss it is uh i'm I'm not sure what they were trying to go with with this one i i i really hate the last boss in flashback but this one seems like it could could be worse than that one i guarantee you if i would have made it to this boss you know as as a kid even now if i got if i played it as far as to get the boss now i would have just i would just stopped after a couple tries i've been like this is this is ridiculous you know they threw a real action boss at the end of this game that's not an action game and it would just be the most frustrating thing i've ever played yeah and uh, i encountered the same i watched the video of it and uh nothing in the game prepares you uh, for the the style of fighting for that last boss uh he is the complete opposite of everything you learn over the course of the game as far as combat goes. I, I don't know what they're going for. Maybe if there was more stuff like that throughout the game, uh, one, you'd be prepared for it, and maybe two, uh, it would, you know, I'd be a little bit more interested in it. But yeah, as it stands, I can't imagine playing through the entire game at the, at the pace it keeps and then encountering this boss. 
I think the big thing on this for me is I figured the last boss would be something you have to think your way through instead of just literally just blast your way through it. I mean, there's not... Yes, you have to have some finesse to blast your way through it, but there's no... You know, you don't find some items and then set off this chain of events that will doom the last boss in like a Dragon's Lair style ending. That, that's kind of what I expected, but instead for it to just be a straightforward, like you show up and he's like, now I'll kill you myself, and that's, that's it. That's the end of the game. I, I don't know. I just was not, not expecting that as an ending. Well, to be honest, I wasn't expecting. I, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but flashbacks, final boss. Do you do you remember that at all? I actually didn't play that much of flashback. I liked it, but I didn't have it. Um, you know, out of this world, I played a lot of. And again, I mentioned Heart of Darkness, which is a later, yeah. similar game. I, I played that the whole way through, but I did not play all of flashback. Flashback does the kind of kind of does the same thing, where the last boss is just this. It's kind of out of nowhere, and it's completely just the most impossible thing ever. And, but still, I managed to, uh, to beat that one. I don't know how I did. I was a kid and I had way too much free time on my hands. But um, at least that, with that boss, still stuck within the boundaries of what it had already taught you before throughout the game. This one seems like, like Billy said, it just seems like it, it's an, it wants to be an action game boss all of a sudden. And I really think Blackthorn would have been a better game if it would have just been an action game. With, with a few puzzle elements. I don't think it needed this whole kind of rotoscoped animation uh, that these other games had. It's neat for what it is, but I really think it would have been better off just being a, a slower-paced action game. Yeah, I agree. I, and that's what I thought it was, you know, until we played it for the show. I, I always thought it was just a kind of a, either a slower or um, kind of a, a more detailed action game. But no, instead it's it's... Yeah, this weird blend of two different kinds of games that just never really gels properly. It doesn't, and I think I agree. All three of us agree. It would have been better, maybe you know, as more of a Metroid type. You know, kind of the the you got the exploration. Uh, it's a little slower paced. Uh, you can run and shoot. Uh, there's not a lot of ducking for cover, but you still have to think. Also, I think. They could have done a much better job, but if anything from this episode, I think what we've taken away is uh, you should probably just play out of this world instead. Yeah, play out of this world. That's or flashback. Play those two games, or even Heart of Darkness. Uh, if you're I looking for <laughs> a great example of the genre, this is not it because I don't think this this should be really considered for you know if you're trying to compare this to those games, this is not a good game. It, it's just not great, even compared to like Abe's, Abe's Odyssey and stuff like that. It's I just don't care for it in that type of that type of game. I don't think I'm that harsh on it. I definitely enjoyed it. I just think it was the kind of game I could play the first five levels and, and be content with. I, I think if I would have forced myself to play a lot more, maybe I would be a little more surly right now. But I, I mean, I don't dislike it. Um, but if you happen to have an active uh, Blizzard account for Diablo three or um, StarCraft 2, or if you still play World of Warcraft, you can download this for free through Blizzard directly uh, for PC. So, I mean, I figure everybody on Earth has one of those games or, or has one of those accounts still. So if you wanted to play this on PC and it's totally free, I can't think of any reason not to at least try it. Sure, try it out. I mean, there's, it's still a, a perfectly playable game. Uh, you, you talk about these other games being so great, like Flashback Now This World. I think Blackthorn is actually a much easier game to play now than if you were wanting to sit there and, and sit down and play out of this world of flashback. Yeah, it's it's much more accessible. I mean, they start you off with a with a training mode, uh, if you want, and like uh, Jeremy B said earlier, uh, it kind of eases you into the game. 
uh, this game, it's uh, it's not for me. Uh, that's all I can I can only speak for myself. It's not for me, but I could see uh, how a lot of people would enjoy this. So uh, certainly, by all means, uh, yeah, it's worth a go. Probably. It's a very strong recommendation. Well, it's the strongest one I can muster up. I think for me, just the biggest thing is just how how many years have gone by where everyone is just like Blackthorn is the best. And I was re- I had a lot of hopes for this one as an adult to sit down and play it again. And it's still just exactly what I thought it was as a kid, which is just kind of a a sort of OK out of this world or, you know, that kind of game. So uh, maybe if I had never played those games, I would think Blackthorn is amazing. But just taking it on for what it is, it's it's not not great for me anyway. Now, Jeremy, you said you played the 32X version. They do have an extra world in there. After you finish the caves, there's some kind of, like, a frosty mountaintop set of levels. I don't know if it's just one level or a lot of levels, but it was exclusive to the 32X. Uh, I don't know if it's somehow has different gameplay in it or anything, or is it just more of the same? It's just more of the same. Uh, the, the 32X version is just the other games with a slightly different kind of ugly coat of paint on it. But the, the extra level that I looked at, I, I didn't actually get to it, but it's still just just more of the same. So I guess we can all say that it's it's definitely worth trying, especially if you can play it for free, but uh, probably not one we're going to keep uh, keep going back to. Oh, never I, again. No, no. I, it's, this is the last time I think I'm ever going to play or, or give a second thought about Blackthorn for the rest of my life. I will play Out of This World again, though. Definitely. So that's going to wrap up our coverage of Blackthorn. Um, but much like every show, we normally have a, a listener question. Now, we did not receive a listener question for this week, uh, which is okay. But we did get another iTunes review. We got a fourth iTunes review. We're up to four now. Uh, this one from Burmart, who likes to remember, uh, re- to remind everybody that for the first episode, I tried to call myself JP. So I'm never going to live that down. Thanks, Burmart. Uh, but also thank you for the five-star review. So, again, you can rate us as, and make fun of us all day long, but please, five stars on iTunes. That would be a big help. Um, so since we don't have a listener question, one of the things that came up, uh, because I did finish Persona 4 and I did finish um, the Uncharted game, do you guys care at all about trophies, achievements, whatever you want to call them? Uh, you know, the the collectible, not even collectible in-game, the out-of-game, you know, kind of BS 100% stuff. Are you Are you guys into that? I'm really not. For me, it really it, it depends on the game. I've recently encountered this um, with the, the the Arkham series of games. Uh, the last one was a, a 
a bit of a trudge to get through, but I 100%ed it. Oh, well, I think we had spoke of it maybe last episode. They actually give you a small reward for 100%. You get kind of an extended ending. But I had really set out just 100% it just because I had the previous ones. And I know it doesn't make sense to say that I have to 100% this game, because obviously you don't. Uh, and I can't really tell what pushes me to do so. I know every now and then I'll, I'll text uh, Jeremy uh, Gregory, and I will tell him, I almost threaten, that, hey, I'm going to 100% GTA V. Uh, I'll play for about a half hour, and then I'll put it down. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But as far as the trophies and achievements go, when I first got a 360, I, I really did not see uh, the appeal in it. I think it just seemed like a way for a developer to kind of squeeze a little bit more playtime out of a game after you would ordinarily maybe just put it down. Uh but I would have very weird phases where I would just become obsessed with getting all the trophies from one game or, or all the trophies or achievements that I could. Uh, and those are really miserable times. Like, I was playing games solely for the purpose. And I don't get it about the people that... that there are people that play it just to, you know, raise their, their score up or their, their number of trophies up. I was playing just to accomplish the one task to get this trophy or this achievement. I wasn't playing to have fun. Uh, and really, just one day, I just snapped out of it, and I decided, you know, I'm just going to play the games just for fun. If I pick something up along the way, you know, that's great. But I just can't see myself getting back into that, you know, achievement and trophy hoarding mode I was in for a while there. And I want to say this now while I have the chance. This is probably the only chance I'm going to get to say this. But Billy Holiday actually 100%ed Alone in the Dark on the Xbox 360. I don't know if any human has ever, has ever sat through that kind of torture before. Not, but he did it. And well, it's one of those things I'm never going to let him live, out, live down because that is, that is like trudging through garbage for 150 <laughs> miles straight. Yeah, to, fucking, to get nothing from it. Well, let me tell you something about that, because we will probably never bring this game up again. But now that it's out here in the Wait open, till next week's random pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played Alone in the Dark on the 360. And, uh, and I'll take you one further. Uh, it's with a small amount of shame. I'll admit I paid full price. I plopped down $60 for it. $60 I'll never see again. And... I played through, oh, I was a few achievements shy, and I had no intention of playing it again. And then it was the sickest I've ever been, uh, probably in my entire life that I can recall. Uh, running a, a fever, you know, 103, 104 with the flu. And I remember sitting down in my living room. Uh, I had my bucket next to me since I was no longer able to walk uh, to the bathroom to throw up. And I was going to play a game. And the next thing I knew, I woke up the next morning in my recliner. And I apparently had played Alone in the Dark. Not only that, but I had picked up the excess achievements that I have not priorly picked up. And not only did I 100% Alone in the Dark, but I, I did so in a feverish daze. And I don't even have the memory <laughs> of it. I got nothing from it. I guess that's, I mean, for the best, because who would... 
really, would you feel better if you remembered every single minute that you spent getting all of those 1,000 achievements for it? Probably not. I probably would have found myself on a length of rope if I could actively recall it. I just get annoyed by the the achievements when it's things that don't don't enhance the game. It's not like it gives you like if it's a collectible thing, then I get that because I have that that uh, I guess it's it's an OCD anyway. But where it's you know if, if you're supposed to collect a hundred little widgets, even if it does nothing, but you can collect them all, there's a there's no way I'm not going to collect them all. I mean, unless I totally hate a game, uh, but if I like it at all, I, I will go back and I'll play the level over and over and over again until I find every stupid little widget. But but a, a good example would be. Uh, in that Uncharted game, there's there's those collectibles and those achievements, and I'll, I'll get the you know I'll, I'll go back and get those. But then there's other ones where it's like kill ten guys with this specific pistol. Now kill twenty guys with this specific pistol. Now kill thirty guys with this specific pistol. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't make me enjoy the game anymore. That doesn't unlock anything. It just makes you feel like man, I sure did play that game over and over again and just keep garbage weapons. I think the ones for me that are the best are the ones that as far as ones that make me want to get all of the achievements are games that have achievements that make me play the game differently um, or that I in a way that I normally wouldn't I think Geometry Wars 2 did, a, did an amazing job with their achievements and I actually tried my best I didn't get all of them I think I got around 800 points for it or whatever it was but all of those achievements were really playing those stages completely different than what you normally would and so I think those are the best when, when they're utilized like that. Those are the ones I kind of obsess over. If it's just collectibles and stuff like that, I don't really care that much, but it's, it's still, it still kind of bugs me here and there, but overall I, I don't obsess over them. Geometry Wars is a good, a good pick because I, yeah, those, those achievements do uh, not only to make you play differently, but they're, it's fast. You know, if, if you want to play the, the level, I like guess pacifism where you go all through all the gates, you know, and and so one of their things is like don't hit any gates for five minutes or something crazy. But that's a kind of, like you'd never do that otherwise. But it's kind of neat to know you you know I'm going to work towards that goal. And it doesn't you don't have to spend two months trying to do this. Like some of the the Final Fantasy ones where it's you know grind this infinitely to do some ridiculous thing that no one's going to want to do just to get an achievement. Uh, my my least favorite achievement, hands down, is on Deadly Premonition, which is a game that only I like anyway. But if you beat the game. There's an achievement for doing all the regular stuff you do in the game anyway. But then there's, there's one big achievement to beat the game on easy, one achievement to beat the game on normal, and one to beat it on hard. Well, I played it through on hard, and I beat it on hard, thinking I'd get everything. No, you still have to beat it on easy and on normal. That's, oh, that's annoying. That was infuriating. Oh, <laughs> Most games have the decency to stack up. Uh, you beat it on hard, you get all of them. I mean, I'll, 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 Jeremy P., I'll let you know right now. I'll let you know if you feel like you're alone out there with your liking of Deadly Premonition, you're not alone anymore. Well, this is marvelous. I, I too, enjoy it. I, I think it might be, and I'm not even being ironic or joking, it might be my favorite Xbox 360 game. I will play it over and over again. I love it. I yeah, think I mean, that's it, insane. You're just, there's something wrong with both of you. I enjoy it for it being as stupid as it is, but I sat down and really tried to play through that game, and as much as as I enjoyed the stupidity and, and stuff up from it, but I, it was so terrible. That game is so bad. Well, it's not a, a retro enough game to make our regular list, but I'll, I'll have to do something on it at some point because it, it, is, it is by far one of the weirdest. Not weird like even like they're trying to be weird. It just ends up being a really bizarre game or, where they just kind of threw a lot of stuff together, and somehow I love every piece of it. One thing I would like to mention before um, 
we stop this is with uh, the game that I beat recently, which was Batman Arkham Knight. I, I completed the entire game, almost 100%, uh, all the side quests and everything, except for the Riddler uh, trophies or whatever. And I played through the entire game thinking that, well, I'll just clean these up once I, once I finish the game. I didn't realize that once I finished the game, I still had over 200 Riddler trophies to get through. And I can't do that because it's just too much. But Billy mentioned earlier that if you get all of those and 100% the game, you get a little extra ending. It's really not an extra ending. It's actually the ending to the game. You, whenever you beat the last boss, you do get a, a sort of ending to the game. But you don't get the true ending to the game until you 100% the entire game, including those trophies. And that one really bugged me because I really wanted to see that extra ending. I actually looked it up on YouTube, and it's, it's a good ending. It's a great ending to a, to a, you know, a franchise of games. And it, it really bummed me out because I just don't have the patience to get all those Riddler trophies. Well, I suppose that's what YouTube is for. And, uh, and at the same kind of, kind of thing, it, it's one of the things I, I enjoy about doing, you know, the, playing the games for this podcast is you don't have any of that. It's pretty much you play it to an ending and you get the ending. And sometimes there's an alternate ending, but it's never by doing something like collecting 200 bags of something. So it's kind of nice to go back to, to games that didn't force you to lengthen the game by adding little tasks to do that don't even affect your gameplay. So I don't mind that. But So that will be it for this episode of Retrovaniacs, but we do still have to pick the game for next week, and our random game selection will be... <laughs> Keith Courage and Alpha Zones for the TurboGrafx-16. Quite an odd choice. It was definitely on my list. No way anyone else picked that. This is going to be my first TurboGrafx-16 uh, game that I have ever played. So besides, I don't know if Bonk on the NES counts, but uh, this one will be the first ever that I've really tried to play on the, on the TurboGrafx-16. Yeah, and I'm in a, a very similar boat. I have played a little bit of Bonk's Adventure and a little bit of Splatterhouse. Otherwise, I have... Very limited uh, play time on the Turbo Graphics, so this will be the first game I attempt to play through all the way. It's uh, anyone who's played it before is probably wondering how we're going to get half an hour out of that game, but we'll talk about it next time. You'll have to listen back and see. Please check us out on Retrovania.net. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Retrovaniacs, and we're on Facebook under Retrovania. Uh, again, please write an iTunes review. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.